Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is it time to bet against Harlem with the armband? Because I've got a lot of love for Son Hyun Min. Welcome to the Jane Batichi YouTube show. Hope you guys are well. It's time to preview game week five. Stats deep dive on Son. Captaincy. Wildcard draft differentials we've got loads coming up in the next 20 minutes don't go anywhere but we're going to start with my top transfer target this week someone I'm going to be bringing in not quite sure who for yet but Son will be coming in to my team and there's a few reasons why by the way he is the most transferred in player of the game week so far Alvarez and Madison also getting a ton of love and I completely get it but why do I want Son over perhaps some of the other popular assets this week well there's a few reasons. Number one, positional change. Now, we don't know. We cannot guarantee that Son's going to be number nine again in game week five versus Sheffield United. But the way he played in game week four suggests you'd think Postacoglu would keep a similar front three. Could see Solomon left, Kulu right, Son central. Richarlison also had a bit of a stinker for Brazil uh, and missed a big, big chance. Son is so deadly, so clinical. So when we look at the difference between Son in the first few game weeks and look at his average position map, look at him and how wide he's been playing in the Postacoglu system. Because Postacoglu doesn't ask a huge amount of his fullbacks in terms of width, they often become inverted, the wide men, Kulu and Son, or Solomon and Kulu, or maybe Brennan Johnson when he comes in, they're asked to play pretty wide, and we can see Son feels fairly isolated out on that left-hand side. He's not too far from the touchline. Look at that, that, that heat map, pretty close, pretty wide. That's not the position we want Son in to be scoring goals. Sure, he's super advanced, but you can be as advanced as you want if you're near the corner flag. You don't really going to get goals there. Um, when we look at game week four for Son and he plays centrally, we like it very much. And he's still the most advanced man on the pitch. Unlike Richardson when he plays centrally because he tends to drop a little bit deeper. Son is on the last man. He's looking for runs in behind. But when those balls come into the box, often low because they're working to Son's strengths, he seems to find the net. And when you look at the data, and we'll do more on his data um, on Thursday's team selection video, but this guy overperforms his XG every season. One of the most clinical and deadly finishers the Premier League has ever seen. Son has never underachieved his XG, something Richarlison does a lot, not Son. Um, so look, number one, we like the position of Son. We hope it stays, I think it will. Number two, we like the team he plays for and the chances they create. When Postacoglu came in, we knew this was going to be an attacking Spurs team. We didn't quite know how good they would be. And we've now got some data which suggests, well, they shoot and they've had more goal attempts than any other team in the league this season other than Brighton. So when we look at this chart, Brighton is number one for shot goal attempts. Sure. Again, we're not surprised by that, by the Zerbi. But second, you might expect to see Man City. No, 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 it's Spurs at 73 shots. This is all from the scout members area, by the way. Do check Fancy Football uh, Scout out. And there's a link in my description if you're interested. But Palace at three at 69 shots. And then at four, we've got City and Chelsea. And then off the back of that, you know, some, some big names. 
Interesting that Spurs shooting more than anyone other than Brighton. So if they're getting tons of shots and they've got one of the most deadly finishers the Premier League's ever seen in Son, you put those two things together. You add the fact Son's probably going to be on penalties. Yeah. And also, point number three why we want Son this week, it's his opponent. We'll talk about his opponents in game week six and seven in a minute because many of you will go, do I need him because he's got some tough fixtures coming up? But let's just look at the here and now. Game week five, Sheffield United. What have we seen from Sheffield United in terms of defence so far this season? So again, this is a metric I like and we're looking at uh, the expected goals conceded here. Well, they, they create an XG against them every 41 minutes, Sheffield United. So they concede more chances and higher XG combinations than any other team other than Luton and Fulham. So they're in the worst three in terms of defence. And they're on the road. And we, we expect Sheffield United will be stronger at home than away. I look at all this and just think Son is an absolute must-buy for me this week. If you don't have Madison or Son, you can get, just get to Mads. I like that too. Like I think covering Spurs' attack feels pretty essential. Now, you might go, but look at the fixtures in six and seven. North London derby. Look, fair enough. I don't think Spurs keep clean sheets in those. But will they score goals? Yeah. North London derby. Liverpool, I still think their goals were games in which Son can, can score big. I'm not put off by those fixtures at all. And I still think Son and Madison, if they play well in game week five, will get a ton of love in game week six, even with those fixtures. Um, and sometimes we obsess too much about fixtures, but look at fixtures both from an attacking point of view and a defensive point of view. Because yeah, they're hard on paper, but they're still games with goals in. North London Derby's always got goals. Um, so I'm not put off by that at all. As I said, I would be if I was buying the Spurs goalkeeper or defender, right? So look, that's what we have. And that's my summary on Son. I'll be bringing him into my team. I'll let you know on Thursday's team selection video, who for. But also, I'll give you some, some take on captaincy later. Because I'm, I'm not going to lie, guys. Bit of a spoiler alert. I am strongly considering Son. I'm completely 50-50 as things stand. Now, if you're bringing Son in, who are you selling him for? There's most of well-invested in Man United and Arsenal midfielders. Which ones would I be selling? Probably not Saka and Bruno, but I do think Rashford and Martinelli are options. I also own Foden, so there's an option there too. So I wouldn't be selling Bruno or Saka this week, but the others, I think I would swap for Son. First, let's just have a look at the fixture ticker between now and, well, for the next four game weeks. I've filtered the ticker, and it's something you can do on Scout just for the next four weeks, because there's a strong chance I wildcard ahead of game week nine. And if I'm doing that, I don't need to look at six-week tickers. So it's interesting. Like Fulham and Chelsea and Luton at the top three, you know, we're invested in Chelsea. I think we hold. Other teams there, we're probably not looking to recruit too many Fulham-Luton players. Newcastle, that they, they turn for the better. And a lot of wildcard drafts, for example, will go double or triple Newcastle. Not sure I'm so committed on them because of the Champions League, but... They've got, the, they've, got, they've got history. They've got the proven pedigree from last season to know they're a very solid defence. Man United have still got good fixtures, but Aston Villa are a team I've definitely got my eye on. Obomo still is the standout 6.5 midfielder in the game, but Diaby's going to run him close. Diaby saves you a million and a half on Watkins as well. <laughs> Knowing Watkins isn't on pens and they're both playing up front. When you look at the average position, that's central, Diaby and Watkins, both of them. It's a partnership. Diaby's de Villa forward I'm likely to be committing to very soon. But again, I'm going to give him another couple of weeks because, because I don't know when I'm going to wildcard. And I think when I wildcard, 
in game week, if I wildcard game week nine, I'll definitely have probably double Villa. But I'm not sure if I'm going to commit before wildcard on him. Another player that I know would be on my game week nine wildcard if he's starting between now and then would be someone like a Darwin. But again, is Darwin on my game week five wildcard? Well, you'll see in a minute. But the problem with Darwin is I just want to see him start successive games. And yes, he's got four returns in his last two. Once as an impact sub, once starting against Aston Villa with the two assists, which is great. But did he play against Villa because they play a super high line and he can exploit that? Or did he play against Villa because Klopp's gone, this is my main man now? I think it's probably he's gone, you're scoring goals. You scored well in game week three. You're my main man now. And it doesn't matter who we're playing, you're my number nine. But I can't see past the idea I know in certain games... Klopp has looked at Hakpo as the nine, Jota as the nine, only there's been so much rotation in the front three. Away from Salah, the left and the central spots are still probably up for grabs, despite Diaz and Darwin making a very good claim for them. So let's give, I think, Darwin a couple of weeks before we commit. But if you want to go bold and you're on a wild card, I'd get it. Like, it's a nice, fun, explosive pick. And by the way, for Uruguay in the international break, Darwin's been sensational again. Um, he's playing with confidence and he's a confidence player. And... He's looking sharp. Big chance hog. Very few strikers in the league have big chances fall to them the way Darwin does because um, he creates a ton of his own chances. If he can nail his finishing, we say the similar about Jackson, then you'll be, a, you'll be an elite FPL option. Um, and Darwin's showing great signs of promise. The third pick is a little bit differential here. Proper differential. And it's purely on the ticker. Hear me out because Fulham play Luton, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, but then Sheffield United. So in the next four... Um, Fulham have got the two best fixtures they could wish for on paper. Luton at home, Sheffield United at home. And with that in mind, as an eighth attacker, um, if you felt like you were going to start your eighth attacker because the rotation or whatever, Jimenez is playing really well for Fulham. I know he hasn't been scoring tons, but he's looking actually quite sharp. This is the Jimenez that has been so poor in the last sort of 18 months when he was at Wolves. Since the injury, he hasn't been the same player. But I'm seeing signs of him returning to form. And I'm like, oh, OK, he's got my eye. I'm not making transfers there. And I'm happy with Archer as my attacker. Of course I am. But if you want to go bold, again, Jimenez could be a fun pick. So just watch that space. And it's purely on the fixtures. And look, Fulham conceding chances for fun. But they will always have a go as well. So I'm going to show you a wildcard team and you might go, those three differentials Johnny's just picked, why aren't they in his wildcard draft? And as I mentioned, they're players on my watch list for game week five and six. They're players I'd probably move to in a week or two if I saw something from them. Certainly Darwin and Diaby, maybe him and as you could go straight away with those fixtures. But the wildcard draft, I think for game week five, I don't love it. And this is why I haven't even considered wildcarding. Because I'm not completely sold, it's worth a wild card. I think most teams are still fairly similar to this. So the common themes are we, we've, we've dropped some of our United and Arsenal assets. We've gone triple Spurs. We've shuffled around the goalkeepers. But then not a huge amount has changed outside of that. So let's just talk through it. In goal, I'll go Ariola and um, I'll go Alison Becker. I think Liverpool are going to keep some clean sheets. I quite like the fixtures. And I can't reach Trent. And again, I'm still not sure Trent's worth the eight million. Um, Becker, unlike other 5.5 keepers like Edison, will get save points too. So he's then clocking up. He's got a higher ceiling than six, which I always say is the case with Edison. Uh, the back line, I mentioned Spurs and Doji's in. And Chilwell still, I think, offers great upside. And then I'd go Matty Cash, although I think he could be vulnerable 
maybe in a month's time. Moreno's been out forever, but when Moreno's back in that 11, he might go, I want a more d defensive right back and someone like a Konza could play there and then you just let Moreno have license. So again, a game week nine wildcard would probably feature Moreno. Kabore uh, is still probably the best formula option, although he did miss the last game. I think he was a sub. And then I've gone Cher because I think the Newcastle, Newcastle fixtures are good. So Cher is still in, in that squad. Newcastle defensive cover. Again, I could reach Trippier if I downgraded, say, Rashford to Foden. And that midfield spot in Rashford is the one I'm not happy with. The other four midfielders, Saka, Son, Madison and Abomo, pick themselves. But Rashford I'm not wed to at all and that could very easily be Foden. Up front, Again, I'm still keeping the faith with Jackson because I'm chasing fixtures, Harlan and Archer. So it feels a little bit of a, a boring, safe wildcard, which I wouldn't be doing myself. But wildcards are so team dependent. If you've hit the trigger this week, I get it. You probably needed to. Um, this is just my take for those that might want to consider a wildcard. And I've been requested to do a wildcard draft by one of our Ultras members, Gucci. Um, he's in Australia, Gucci, which is pretty cool. So when we're talking on our WhatsApp group, because that's what you get when you sign up to the to the Ultras tier, you're in a WhatsApp group with me and some other FPL managers, including world number one from last year. One of the best managers in the world consistently. He finished 215th, then first in FPL. Well, he's in this WhatsApp group as well. And he's been giving his take on Gucci's wildcard, Ali Hangarov, as have I. And Gucci's gone triple Newcastle. He's gone uh, Pope and Trippier. And he's gone Gordon. What do you guys think to triple Newcastle on a wildcard? I feel like it's too much. I feel Champions League's going to hit them. I would... I still want to wait and see how Champions League affects their Premier League form. I don't know if they... These players aren't used to playing twice a week and the draw hasn't been kind to them in the Champions League. Some huge games. They'll probably do quite well in the Champs. They'll probably do a fine in the Premier League, but I'm not sure. I think we're going to see quite tight games. Some, you know, 1-0 defeats and some 1-0 wins and some 1-0 draws. Um, Low-scoring affairs. So maybe you could still invest in the defence, but I'm not so keen on investing in the Newcastle attack just yet. Um, so that's the wildcard draft. If you want to sign up to the ultras tier or the squad tier, do check out my members uh, options. I'd love you guys to come join and obviously prioritise all of you guys in, in comments and stuff like that. Uh, but thank you very much for watching the video. Likes and subscribes, massively appreciated. And I'll see you. Podcast Network.